chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0. Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Tottenham didn't need Harry Kane to overcome champions Manchester City 1-0 on Sunday, while City's main title challengers Manchester United, Chelsea, and Liverpool each kicked off their seasons with a bang. Promoted sides Watford and Brentford enjoyed home league debuts against touted top-half sides in Aston Villa and Arsenal, respectively, as the Gunners look to forget their horrific start to the season with a home opener of their own against European champions Chelsea this weekend. I'm Alex, here with Javier for episode 316 of the Ghost Goal Podcast. We're here to preview the uh, Premier League games coming up this weekend after what I'd say is a very entertaining first uh, week of the season. We had plenty of goals on uh, on Saturday. So like yeah, it was a good the return of the schedule. It was a good week for fantasy players. For fantasy, there was a lot of a lot of a lot of players from last season, Bruno, Salah, you know, a lot of Yalta, a lot of the main, you know, even a Pogba comeback, Pogba four assists comeback, from yeah. Pogba. Yeah, it was impressive. There's a there's, there's some some new storylines as well. Arsenal losing to Brentford and no, that's not a new storyline. That's uh, a continuation of an old st- storyline oh, that God, we Alex. tried and true, time-honored tradition. Of <laughs> Remember when you said we like to do well on opening day? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I literally cursed us. I was like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna win pretty pretty comfortably." Well, okay, I thought Aubameyang and and, and Lacazette were gonna play. That's such a huge yeah last no second blow that. that like Aubameyang would have like that's the type of team that Aubameyang scores two or three goals. You think ah oh, Aubameyang's back I, and see, I, see, I don't know for a lot of the reasons a lot of the reasons why. I think both of us have had like at least some doubts about Arsenal where like the system itself, you know, obviously it's not going to help having your two best attacking players, your two best goal scorers out, but like the system itself doesn't really, it seems non-existent. Like your, your attacking style of play in that Brentford game, at least seemed like it was pretty much just, uh, you know, Tierney getting forward on the left from time to time. Uh, Emile Smith Rowe, trying his best and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to fault him. He's still, you know, he did give it his best. And then Nico Pepe trying and failing over and over again. It's, it seemed like something we've seen before and, you know, without those two, you know, if talismans, if you want to even call them that, they just seem like a, like a blunt instrument. And yeah, it's no surprise after we found out that news on Friday morning that the Aubameyang and Lacazette weren't going to play that you guys, just like didn't show up from there, but it's still not excusable. And no, I think and there's very rightly a good chunk of Arsenal fans that are already thinking after one game of the season, we need to get rid of Arteta as soon as possible before this snowballs. And it looks like today we had the news that we've signed Martin Odegaard, we've signed Ramsdale, who you know could be coming in to be a possible number one, push Leno to, to better form. And then Odegaard, who you know had a six-month loan last season, 
but I never thought that we could sign him permanently. He's a, he's a great player that you know now that he's here permanently, he can just focus on Arsenal and not have his head turned to Madrid. And I think we'll see the best of him this season. You know, more better than you know. There were flashes last season for those six months, and you could really tell that he was a very talented player, especially you know his chance creation, his ball progression. Um, his pressing, all of that is is just top tier, and I think a focused Odegaard with signings like Odegaard, Ramsdale, White, Tavares, Lokanga. I think those are the right profile of players, young, hungry. You know, it's not not the Williams and the David Luizes type players that we've been seeing arsenal patch holes with i think these are players obviously that might take a little bit of time to really gel and and come into the team but i think in two or three years arsenal are going to be in a good position with some of these players and hopefully they can they can make a big impact this season i think odegaard will probably odegaard and white are going to be the two so far from these signings that'll make the biggest impact um and who knows maybe if ramsdale gets into the team he could make a big impact as well but yeah i think this brentford result is is doom and gloom right now for Arsenal fans? You know, it, it seems like more of the same. And like you said, I mean, we just seem like a dull instrument. We seem like we don't create chances like right, right now. And hopefully, Sorry, Odegaard instrument. My bad. Yeah, hopefully Odegaard is going to change that a little bit. Like you said, Smith Rowe did his best, and I think I think once we have Thomas Partey back, you know, we can play a Partey Lakonga midfield and have Smith Rowe with that shield behind him. You know, uh, Partey is also, I think, a, a, a lot better and more mobile than Jaka and, and will give, offer us a lot more as well. So we'll be more press resistant. I think we'll ha- we'll move the ball quicker when we have Thomas Partey back on the side, and it looks like he's going to be back very soon. So, so, so I, I, okay, I get that that all sounds nice. And I, I, can't, I, I can't really say that that's not true because Partey is that good of a player. And, you know, there are some other ones that, you know, the new signings that I, I will think will improve you from that Brentford loss. But I, I guess what I and a lot of Arteta out people are saying is that a good chunk of like the the talk about, you know, this player not being available and that player not being available and never having like your full preferred first team available to uh, execute the system while, while, having, while having those issues, that's always going to be a part of football. You still need like a broad system and pattern of play and approach to a game as a team that's going to benefit you regardless of which players are out. You know, when Liverpool were sitting on the brink of not making Champions League last season with Virgil van Dijk out, uh, I mean, you may have made the excuse for them if they didn't end up getting into Champions League that they didn't have Virgil van Dijk, but you know Klopp and the rest of that team still thought to themselves, all right, we can still get Champions League. We're a good enough team to do that, even without our best defensive player. There isn't any sort of system, noticeable system at least, that Arteta throws out there that seems like even without like one or two of uh, Aubameyang, or even with both of them at times, that you guys are going to consistently control games and break down teams at the level of Brentford. Like, I know it was a weakened team, but you guys should still expect to, you know, put up a fight against Brentford. And I, I never really felt like you guys were going to win that game once it kicked off. Brentford just had you had the edge over you. I mean, they were just hungrier than us. Obviously, the fans made a difference. And 
I don't know, I hope to see a different attitude, a different kind of energy against Chelsea, you know, in front of our full home stadium on, on Sunday, you know, and, and I'm not going to bring up the previous Chelsea results because I think this is a completely different team. Obviously, both results under were under Lampard last season, you know, Tuchel. No, one was under Tuchel. No, the, uh, it wasn't actually. Yeah, you guys beat us 1-0 at the bridge when uh, no, Jorginho okay. passed right back to... Mendy. It was like the second or third to last game of the season. Oh, oh man, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. two or three months ago. Right, right, <laughs> it wasn't right, right. that long before. No, I guess, okay, that one was under Tuchel. But yeah, you guys weren't playing, I mean, you guys weren't playing your full team. We had team. the FA Cup final the, the weekend afterwards, so. Yeah, you guys weren't playing your your full team, and now you have Romelu Lukaku coming into the team, so that's going to be fun. Well, you may not bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up, because, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you guys sh- showed up for this game, it's it doesn't like we change managers like with I the hope win. we do. That's that's just what happens at Chelsea. I can't obviously say that we're going to show up for this game because we just lost against Brentford. So there's no like reasonable way I can be like, yeah, we're going to come and beat you guys here. But like, I would love a draw. You know, let's 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 have a draw where we're, like we look like we're going to win or like we put up a fight. We don't just get run over by you guys, which. You know, you guys are Champions League winners. You just added an 110 million pound pl- or euro player. That's the type of player that should, you know, hypothetically elevate you guys to, the, to title contender status. You know, you should be doing away with a team that just lost to Brentford. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you won't you won't find any excuses for me if we don't win the game on Sunday, uh, which, by the way, is going to be 11:30 a.m. Sunday morning. Chelsea going to Arsenal. Uh, their first home game of the season, which I'm just from what we talked about off mic before we started recording, that uh, that's going to be a general theme for uh, for this week uh, after what kind of happened for most of the games last week. The first home game of the season, you know, if you guys get an early lead off a set piece, VAR penalty, something like that, all of a sudden the crowd's behind you and, you know, you guys, you guys are rolling. And it's such a volatile situation because it can obviously go the complete opposite way as well. Yeah, it's weird because we're not going to be saying this all season. I mean, obviously there's a slight home advantage, but like right now specifically when it's been so long since these players had fans in the stadium, having your home support back, you got to think it's got to give some players a, a, a boost. It gives plenty of players a boost. Like yeah, that, absolutely. That Manchester United Leeds game, uh, which we'll get to in a second here, but just talking generally, this was a theme I saw throughout the weekend and it's crazy to think that we forget about this after so long without fans. But when 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 they conceded, Leeds were uh, Leeds were celebrating. They scored a beautiful goal, Luke Ayling, to make it one one. And United had been you know outplaying them for the most part. And then early in the second half, they concede, and the fans, the United fans, man, United fans, immediately got back, like got on the team. Not in like a in a like vitriolic like poisonous way, but in a way like all right, lads, come on. Get your head out of your ass. It's the home opener. It's Leeds. We don't lose to this lot. Get on it. And three minutes later, Pogba pings a beautiful ball in behind for Greenwood, and he puts them back up again, and Manchester United don't look back. And those fans, I, you could you, you could feel something. It's it's a very it's very hard to describe, but you could you could feel the home advantage in that game with those fans, like a full fan, fan base as well, back in the stadium. It absolutely just vaulted Manchester United to that like five one result that they got, and you could feel it a lot with the uh, the Chelsea three nil over Palace as well. Uh, it's it's definitely it's it's a factor. It's a big factor, and 
I'm, I'm happy it's been reintroduced to these games because God, it just, it just, it, it's hard to put into words how much better it feels to have full like stadiums again and the pop from a goal, everything. It's great. I mean, other than the three nil Liverpool over Norwich, which, you, you know, we, we probably knew that was going to be the one away game that we expected a team to well, win. Brighton over Burnley. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, um, and that's then the, the only other one that no, kind of bucks and, that And trend. then I was going to say, but the West Ham Newcastle game, like Newcastle went up, and you yeah. thought you thought that they were going to keep going, um, but like West Ham kept silencing their fans. Like it was fun to watch. Like that was probably the the most fun game of the weekend. You know, four two West Ham win. Which just briefly to talk about West Ham right now, you know they they look like they're still going to be a force this season. You know that that game. Well, okay, come on. Let, let, we'll stay on the the thing of you know the factor of fans being back yeah, in stadiums. Yeah. There's obviously a whole bunch of teams that were away last weekend that are going to get to you know feel the opposite effect. They're going to get the boost of having their home fans, and this is I would say this is the main reason, along with Arsenal's record against Chelsea, that you know Arsenal fans can still probably look at this game on Sunday and think. Okay, we've got a chance. Like we've we've beaten these lot like a few months ago. They may be European champions, but, but you guys playing us on, you know, at the Emirates first full game at the Emirates. You're the one who hypes up your yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's home form at the Emirates. Yeah, like you I guys think... don't very rarely lose there. I mean, it, it's a must win now because you know we the game after that is yeah, we have Manchester to City. <laughs> so you guys should be looking at this and thinking, yeah, draw. Well, that that's fine. It's certainly not the end of the world, but you guys still should be looking for a win in this one. And I, I'm certainly not going to predict it. I, I think it's going to be like 2-0 Chelsea. Maybe you guys score. I, 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 can, I don't know what's going on with Aubameyang and Lacazette. We've seen reports as recently as like yesterday saying that they may still be out for a game on Sunday. I'm going to say 2-1 Chelsea. 2-1? Yeah, I think we score, okay. but Chelsea win. Yeah, I think Chelsea win. I don't. I just don't really see if Arsenal win this game somehow. It'd be like one nil. I I don't think we could like score like two or three on you guys and beat you in a type of shootout. So I think if it's an open game, Chelsea have the advantage. We're just gonna have to keep it cagey and tight and hope maybe we can get a one one out of it. So yeah, I think this is probably the the best time that you could possibly hope to play against Chelsea. You know, early in the season. I know just off of a Champions League win and. Uh, Super Cup win and winning our first game of the season and Lukaku coming in, but Lukaku's first game back, I do expect for him, for him to hit the ground running, and I, that doesn't necessarily translate to me expecting him absolutely to score against you guys, but it, I do expect for him to have an impact somewhere in the buildup for a goal or two. Romelu Lukaku, He's, only two goals in 15 games against Arsenal. Yeah, that's not ideal. We, not ideal. we don't love to see that. Uh, especially during the Manchester United years, because, uh, you know, when he's playing for Everton, you guys used to always beat Everton back then. Like, he was on a lesser team with, you know, lesser teammates. The The odds were kind of equaled when he went to Manchester United, but he was overall kind of underwhelming at United. He's, I, like I said, when I was gushing about him in our previews, he's leaned out a whole lot. He's going to, he's still got a lot of his strength and power, but he's going to be an absolute machine. I don't really even need to know what lineup Tuchel is going to play on Sunday. There may be some differences, but if it's, if it's even, uh, you know, Werner and Mount, I would still fancy us to, to beat you guys. Like, yeah, I mean, Timo Werner gave us a, Timo Werner gave us a lot of problems in that last game. And, you know, he was 
obviously he missed chances. Pulisic missed a chance, I remember, too. You guys have more, so many attacking options that Arsenal are not going to... Like, our back line, I think, is going to take, uh, I think, a few more weeks before we sort that out and, and get that really up and running. I think set pieces are going to be a weakness for us as well, and Chelsea have improved in that sense as well. So, with getting Romelu Lukaku, you guys are going to be scary on set pieces, you know? And... Yeah, I don't know. There's uh, there's not a lot of factors for Arsenal other than us being at home for me to think we can get anything from this game. And hopefully these new signings, I, I, I hope we can get one or two more in before the end of the window. You know, there's a, there's these are the last two, there's two weeks today on Wednesday, the 18th. There's two more weeks left in the window. So this is usually when deals start flying in, teams start panic buying and, and making their last minute decisions and, and deals start going through. You know, happening every single day. So, fun times for a lot of these Premier League teams, or it can be desperate times uh, for teams like Arsenal. So, Chelsea have already mostly gotten done their business. You know, we'll see if they, uh, you guys end up with Kunde. But if you do, I'll. I'll, I'll Doubtful. I don't know if you've heard, but Trevor Chaloba is, uh, you know, he's the, the second coming of John Terry. I'm going to refrain from gushing about Trevor Chaloba for, for a few uh, weeks, at least, until he's not gone out on loan. Because uh, this time next week, we could just randomly get a notification that Chaloba's gone on loan to some other club. It's uh, it's not out of the question. Uh, but yeah, that's that's definitely the uh, the sort of primetime game of the weekend, Sunday, 11.30 a.m. We'll have uh, both eyes peeled uh, to watch that one. There's, uh, there's a couple other decent games this weekend. Earlier on Sunday, Wolves and Tottenham, which all of a sudden looks very tasty. That'll be Sunday at 9 a.m. Nuno Espirito Santos, Tottenham, got a 1-0 win over Manchester City last weekend to you know kick off the season. They, didn't, they did it without Harry Kane. God only knows where he was. Uh, I, I kind of and, and I kind of think they did a job on City. I mean, I know that like... We, we mentioned it in the preview, and we, neither both of us were cowards, especially myself, because I mentioned how good Tottenham and Nuno have been against Guardiola and Manchester City, and I should have just gone for it and, and, and said that there was going to be a result there, because you, you could almost tell, especially with the home support, once Tottenham went up, like you never really felt City were going to get back into it. You know, it just kind of felt like, like, like Tottenham had a very good control over the game, and I don't but know about you, that. No, and, and it and, felt like Tottenham were you were doing well at the game plan that they had set up. Well, and hold on, hold on. What I was going to say, what I was going to say was, as opposed to what, when they were playing under Mourinho, they constantly maintained a threat under the counter attack, which was not the case under Mourinho. When they would go up under Mourinho, you would see them just go into a shell and go defensive and and give up leads. They were the team last season who gave up the most points from winning positions. But now under Nuno, they played very much like Nuno did uh, two seasons ago with Wolves when they had Yota and Jimenez, you know, at full flow, and they would play on the counterattack, and they would have 35, 40% possession, but they were crushing teams, right? And they were outpressing them and outworking them, and this Tottenham side played that way. I know it's, it's this is just one game. City are usually, sometimes, you know, they sputter at the beginning of the season, and this was the their first home game in a long time, but I don't know. I thought that they they did very well in transitions. I thought Hoiberg and Lucas Moura was was fantastic. Like I thought their pressing was really good. I thought Son obviously was amazing. I mean his goal was unreal. What a message! What like what a hilarious like all of the the Tottenham Stadium singing. Are you watching Harry Kane? 
like once when after Tottenham won. So it's that kind of stuff that you miss. Yeah, it's that yeah. kind of stuff that you miss. That's what footy's all about, you know. Same with same with Brentford beating Arsenal. Like honestly, like as much as it hurt, like to see how happy it made the Brentford fans and like how like amazing it lo- it was like for all those fans to be there to have their first Premier League win ever. I was just kind of like, you know what, good for you guys. Like I was like a little bit happy for them, just like thinking yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a nice it that way. it's a nice storyline for them. Yeah. <laughs> But Fuck Tottenham you, are gonna be they're gonna be going up to Birmingham to play Wolves, Nuno's old club, of course, Sunday at nine AM. Uh Wolves didn't have as uh big of or as good of a uh, debut for their new manager, Bruno Lage, but uh, you know, that home advantage, maybe they can turn it around this weekend against their old manager. It's a different question for, for Tottenham. And I don't doubt that they can go up and get a result against a Wolves side that's very much in transition. But there is something to be said that, you know, playing Manchester City, a team that you know is going to hold the ball and control and dictate how the game is going to be played. It's a very different question to, you know, going to Wolves, a team that will attack you, but, uh, you know, they're not overly... uh, They're not only overly concerned with, you know, getting possession and controlling the game that way. It's... I think it could be a pretty high-scoring one, actually. Because, you know, the expectation now for Nuno's Tottenham is, you know, build off that city result. If you turn around and lose to Wolves or draw with Wolves even, that's uh, it's not a good reflection that you're going to be able to, you know, outplay and, 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 you know, consistently beat lesser teams if you just throw it away. I kind of see this being a draw because I see Wolves getting that home boost. I see Wolves players and the manager having a point to prove in this, you know, to Nuno and just kind of getting that extra little boost to to get them over the line. So I'm going to say 1-1 Wolves Tottenham here. Just taking a look at the injuries real quick. Now, if Harry Kane... We've still got a whole bunch of Wolves players who were out last week, like Daniel Podence and Pedro Neto and... Johnny Otto and uh, Willie Bolly, they're they're still out this week. Oh, okay. It's yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Wolves had some chances in their loss last week against Leicester, namely Adama Traore missed a, a big one v one chance to to make it one nil. Uh, but overall, they they were another team that just didn't look uh, quite sharp enough yet. So uh, I'll stick. I'll say Tottenham overcome it this time. But I'm, I'm going to keep asking the question as Tottenham face more and more of these lesser sides that are going to park the bus on them. Uh, it's a different question for Nuno Espirito Santo and this group of players uh, that they're going to be asked a much, much more often in this league format that they need to you know, pr- prove that they have an answer to without their 20-goal season center forward. So uh, are there any updates on the Harry Kane situation in general? Do, I don't going? know. Is I mean, staying? if he plays, I think Tottenham win. You know, uh, I think if he gets back, gets gets into the side, I think. I mean, he he's been training. I, I think the last couple of days. I, I'm not sure what's going I kinda on. I kind of took them, him not playing against City to mean that he's probably going. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one to break down because I know he'd only been back for a couple of days, but it felt like a message that Nuno was sending to you know the rest of the team and mainly his attacking players and Son Mora, uh, who am I missing? Bergwine, that. You know, he's fully bought in and invested in them as his attacking players. And it showed in their performance in that that City game. They were all, like you said, pressing excellently, biting into tackles. They they were all amazing. So it it, it feels like there's indications there that Kane should probably be leaving. It's just they're haggling over the exact dollar amount that he's going to leave for. So 
I'm going to say until we see Harry Kane again, I'm going to assume that he's not going to be playing for Tottenham in any of these games because he didn't travel with them to Portugal for their uh, Europa Conference League game tomorrow on on Thursday. So he he should have been fit enough to travel with them and play in that, but he's not. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just getting messages and signals from Tottenham that he's on his way out. Let's move on to Manchester City real quick, because even though they have a home game against Norwich, which we'll all assume that they're going to win Saturday at 10 a.m. during that 10 a.m. slate of five games, all at the same four games, all at the same time. uh, That's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about right now these three games, these last three, like, let's say, let's all classify them as competitive games. Champions League final against Chelsea, 1-0, created chances, didn't score, seemed frustrated one nil loss in the charity or you know community shield against leicester very much the same kind of performance and now this tottenham one nil loss it seems to me like there's kind of a problem that you know we we had a lot of the same questions last year when cities didn't start too well to their league season so maybe it's just a matter of them you know, all getting fitness and game time and getting sharp enough to execute Pep's system. But it seems like right now they have a problem where they're content to have possession, but they're not like they're not upping the tempo of their passing. And you know, you know that that terrible feeling you get when you watch Manchester City at their their very best, where you know they're keeping possession like you expect, and then all of a sudden they go zero to sixty in in, in a second, and they've played two or three passes through you, and they've scored a tap in. It's, I know it's a small sample size, but it seems like to start this season, at least, they're having trouble like kicking it back up into that gear. To, to be fair, there was no Foden. At. De Bruyne was on the bench. He had to come on, and he didn't come on until yeah. very late in the second half, so maybe there was a fitness issue there. You're right. I mean, City didn't, didn't look like themselves. Grealish looked good. I do think that uh, this season, he's not going to get as many calls as he did last season. You can tell in this first run of games in this Premier League season, first of all, you know, I thought they did VAR a lot better. The the car, the car calls happened very quickly. They were the marginal offsides now are being given to the attackers. Um, a lot of these minimal contact fouls that were given it last season and, and the season before were not given now, especially in the box. All of, the, all of these things were good this first weekend hopefully it's a continuing theme for the rest of the season that var and far is now adapted english football is now adapted they saw how well var was yeah, but, but those things were holding city back before no you know? no no but they were still excelling regardless of that but my but but yeah i was going a little rant there but my point is that i i think that city city don't have anything to worry about i mean they obviously want a center forward if they go out and get harry kane then solves all their problems but i think even if they don't end up with that recognized center forward signing even though i think they should go and get one with aguero gone you know you still have gabriel jesus who who didn't play in this game either i I feel like that's a bit too simple i'm trying to i'm trying to say that i don't i think irrespective of whether they get harry kane or not they're they're perfectly capable of winning the title and you know, still being a, a great team. I'm just saying they need to get their shit together and actually, you know, focus on upping the tempo at the right time. Yeah, uh, but we saw this. We that, saw this a few times last season with City, where they, you know, slipped yeah, up and, here and there, but they would me, usually me come back that. and and just whip teams for the next four or five games. And then sometimes, you know, it, it took them a while. Remember last season, they were in like fourth or fifth. To start the no, season, they were, they, they were like they, down in like yeah, seventh or eighth, but they yeah, played they weren't fewer doing games well. Than everyone but else. then they just went on that 
15, 16 game winning streak, but they, it took until December for that streak to start. So don't be surprised if it takes them a little while for them to get going again this season. And just, I'm, I'm can not. Can you afford that? It's a long because, season. It's a long season. Because the, the, the template. Yeah, the pace, the pace this season is going to be higher, I'm sure. Yeah. It's going to challenge City for them to win the league, it's, whether it's Chelsea, United, Liverpool. Again, it's one game in, so don't take too much from this. But the template is set that those teams, they need to start well, have some sort of lead or cushion on City, and then when City round into form like we all expect them to, you need to be able to maintain your own decent form and, and try and hold them off that way. I, I, there, there's not going to be many teams chasing down Manchester City. So, you know, one week in, all I'm saying is that the, the little morsel of the season we have, it's it's going to plan for the rest of those challengers. Because, uh, you know, as good as a Tottenham performance as that was, it was a really bad Manchester City performance. And we, we've just seen a couple of these now where I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, if I'm a Manchester City fan, how long can you realistically use the excuse of like, oh, well, it took a while for us to round into form last season, like before all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, but we haven't seen, we like haven't seen, we ago, haven't seen Foden, De Bruyne and Grealish on the pitch at the same time until I see that. <laughs> I'm not going to, I don't know well, like what this team is going to look like. Right. And we haven't seen like you could tell the team was still adapting to having Jack Grealish in the team and he was adapting to being in this team. So I think we give him a few weeks. I don't think you you start making anything sweeping or or, or even any type of danger sign whatsoever with this loss to Tottenham, because frankly, this is the two bogeys. Nuno's a bogey and Tottenham are at, at, away from home or have been a right. bogey for City for a while. So the only goal. Uh, City have scored at uh, Tottenham's new stadium is, I, I believe, uh, I think it was a penalty against uh, against Tottenham in the Champions League a couple seasons ago when they first opened it. They haven't scored in the Premier League at that stadium. I don't know what that's like. We win every time we go there, so can't imagine. Uh, but them playing Norwich on Saturday at 10 a.m., how many do you think we're put, they're putting past Norwich? By the way, what a rough start to the season for Norwich. I mean, give them a chance, Premier League. Liverpool at home first week and then City away the second week. God damn, man! Like, what do we I'm think? Gonna, like, I'm gonna say three nil. Yeah, I'm gonna say three nil as well. Just another three nil. I wanted to say five, but then we just used the last five minutes saying how City haven't you know ramped up as you like to say yet. But this feels very much like the ramp up game. Either this game or whenever they play Burnley at home. Uh, um, yeah. So elsewhere during that Saturday 10 a.m. time slot. Pretty tasty game is Leeds Everton. These games weren't great last season, but Leeds' first home game with fans, I think they were one of the the teams. Yeah, last I was just saying, I'm not going to take too much from Leeds's five one loss to United because, like you said, they kind of no, just yeah, got blitzed. No, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not it was even a home game. They they honestly did up. well. They did well to get back in the game in the first place, and then you know they did their usual thing where they slipped up for a little bit and conceded. But like United did their thing where they blitzed the team and scored four goals in 20 minutes. Yeah, that but, was but I want to talk. I want to talk about Everton United. a little bit because I thought they looked pretty good under Benitez. I know they went down early against Southampton, but came back strong in the second half. Scored three goals, looked comfortable in the end, winning three one. And I don't know. I, I thought the system that Benitez set them up, you know, kind of still having Calvert Lewin play as a lone striker, but Richarlison playing as almost like a roaming number nine or roaming number 10 behind him and just going into those wide areas as well. I think it could work well. And I think that it could be a, you know, I'm sure he's trying to do like a similar partnership um, to ones that he's tried at previous teams before. And he, this is kind of like the Benitez way of 
playing. And it it kind of seems like he does have some of the right players at Everton for it. Decore is a, another like type of midfielder that he likes, those attacking box-to-box midfielders um, that can chip in with goals. I don't know. It, it seems but, like... But going to Leeds. It's going to... Yeah. You're going to gonna see this weekend. But their home crowd is... I'd put it on a level with, you know, like Newcastle. Like Newcastle, you, w- you wouldn't think of as too feared of a team generally. But there are certain teams that when they go, it, it just lights up in a different way for like a lot of the big, big games. I was going to say, I so, think this could be a fun one. I, I'm going to say... It's going to be the Leeds fans' first time with I'm a full say stadium three two, in the Premier yeah, League. I'm going to say 3-2 Leeds. Well, like 2004, 2005? Yeah, it's been a long time they for were last. Yeah, it's... That's going to be an absolute dream of a home opener for Leeds because Everton, while like a pretty big side and it's going to be a tough game, I'm not saying Leeds are definitely going to win, but it's a winnable game for Leeds to turn turn around from a 5-1 last weekend. And frankly, I think they're going to do it. I think so. I mean, if if they go out and lose this to Everton, then I might be a little bit worried for them. Just because yeah, had, you know you don't want to last season. Yeah, you don't want to see them lose. You know, their, their opening two games when. But yeah, no, I agree. I think this is the type of game that if we're if they're as good as we think they are, and if they've improved even on last season, then this is the type of game that they would go out and win. There aren't too many other fun games this weekend. I think Brighton Watford could be a fun one. I think there could be a lot of goals in that, especially because Watford looked like they. You know they did that thing. I told you we we I talked about it on the last pod where Villa were going to slip up, and Villa went and they they conceded three goals to Watford. Ended up losing. I said it was going to be a draw, but yeah, Watford looked better offensively than I thought they were. You know, and I mean I thought they were going to be a swashbuckling attacking team, and they are. I mean, Sar and your uh, that signing Emmanuel Dennis looked good. Do you think Watford are like a little bit better than we even, thought? You didn't even mention the star of the day, Javier. Goal of the weekend, Cucho Hernandez. Cucho's, yeah, that was a beautiful goal. But that was <laughs> the, the guy's been out on loan for like three years, and yeah, you know, I'd never heard of him when his name popped up as scoring. Boy, am I! I'm, I'm not going to forget him anytime soon. He came off the bench to make it three nil. Uh, the, the thing I like about this uh, Watford Brighton game is that it's two. Let's just say it's two like shit teams that both won their opening games of the season, and. Like for the moment, both like think they're they're good. <laughs> so when two shit teams think they're good and they both are confident going up against each other, it usually provides fireworks. So uh, yeah, I, I think that w- that could be like another sort of three two situation. I was say, no I'm going to say gonna three three. I'm going to say three three. Brighton Watford. Okay, I'll go. I'll go two two. I wasn't even thinking about giving a prediction on that one, but yeah, I'm just saying it's going to be an exciting game. That's Saturday at twelve thirty p.m. Uh, which, you know, they usually would put one of the big boys there, but I, I think this is a pretty worthy replacement uh, based off. We have to mention, we have to, to mention, go. Burnley lost their opening game of the season. They're going away to Liverpool, a ground that they love going to. Do they? Yeah, they broke the Liverpool streak of home winning streak. Yeah, but that's that's one year. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'd ever won there before ever again. So, uh, no, they're probably going to get smashed. Same thing with Southampton away against United. I don't think the home fans are going to have enough. Well, Man- Manchester to... United are going to Southampton Sunday right. nine a.m. I, I don't feel any. No, I don't. I don't feel bad at all about my Southampton relegation pick, especially. Yeah, after Leicester just went and signed uh, Vestergaard, I think that that was their that was the one player that I was thinking they couldn't lose, and if they lost him, in my opinion, he was their best defender and 
probably one of their best players. So it's a big, yeah, also, big signing for Leicester, which makes me think Leicester probably still finish above Arsenal now. And I think Southampton are going to be in danger of relegation now. Now he sees it. Now he sees it. Also, Southampton to me don't have that big of a of a you know a home advantage even with the fans back in the stadium. So Manchester United just should just go yeah. go down there. Yeah, they should just go down there and I don't know about wipe the floor with them, but they should beat them. So I kind of think it's uh, gonna be like gonna... three nil. I think it's gonna be like an easy oh, okay. smash smash and grab for them. Well, the last really big game. I do remember that Manchester game. Manchester United were undefeated last season away from home. 11 wins and 7 draws. They did not lose a game away from home last season. But then but then your 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 whole fans at home thing comes into play there. Like surely Manchester United had a good record and it away from home and it was probably helped by the fact that every stadium was empty when they went oh, to I'm it. Oh, I'm sure, you're right. They, well, so, I don't think we'll see that again this season, but but everyone had to deal with that and no other team went undefeated away from home. So that, that are, there is something to it. But the the last like I would say truly mouthwatering game of the weekend is West Ham Leicester on uh, Monday night or Monday afternoon here at 3 p.m. Both teams started off with uh, wins. Both teams looked pretty good. Leicester looked all right. I wouldn't say they were amazing against. Yeah, I don't know Wolves, where to go with this one. To do. I don't know where to go I, with this one because I kind of look. I really like the way West Ham played, especially in that second half against Newcastle. Ben Rama was fantastic. Um, from start to finish, him and Cresswell had seemed to link up really well together. And Antonio's just a bully man. He makes runs and just tackles and nibbles at center backs. And and so is Suchek. Suchek's late runs into the box. I mean, the dude's just a menace. I think he had ten Premier League goals last season. Started off the campaign again with another goal here. Cresswell had like I think eight or nine assists. Again, got, gets a goal here and looked threatening. Just looks like West Ham's back on their bullshit again and just continued right where they left off well so here's where what i was talking about preseason comes into play javier first home game of the season if Leicester go up one nil early or you know there's a couple mistakes at the back and west ham are a bit under the cosh those west ham home fans they will let them know about it and they will let the ownership know about it if uh i, I said during preseason that you know fans coming back into the stadium could have a negative effect on west ham i'm not saying that's going to happen right away they should be excited it's like a monday night uh 8 p.m kickoff they'll, there. they'll be behind the they'll team be, in they'll, this be, game. They'll, be, they'll be behind the team for this one and it, it should help them but i'm just saying keep an eye on that whole the the whole the whole aura around the stadium or the feeling around the stadium as you know things are developing it could easily turn on them uh, at any point I'm gonna stick with Leicester though I I, I think Leicester are going to not easily beat them I, I think it'll be like two one hard fought but the control that they had on that Wolves game for the most part of it and that's one of the one of the key reasons and factors I brought up for. Leicester being like the best of the rest outside the top four is they have the midfield now. With you know Tielemans and Didi, who bring on Sumare, uh, and you know Madison hasn't gotten injured yet. They have the midfield now that against the rest of these teams, maybe not every time against the top four, but against the rest of the league, they can just control midfield and you know dictate things from there. And Vardy scoring again had a great finish against Wolves. Like the the assist from uh, Pereira was beautiful, but Vardy's finish with just the outside of his foot was astounding uh yeah so i think i think 2-1 lester and it wouldn't be the end of the world for west ham i still think they can perform well and still lose to a good side in lester how about you you think they're just gonna 
think West Ham are that good that four goals against Newcastle translates to a better team in Leicester? No, but I, I think they put up a fight at home here. I think I'm going to say like 1-1. I think West Ham get a result here and, and hold off. I, I kind of I have... Didn't they draw last season too? West Ham beat Leicester in the uh, second half of the season. I do remember that game. I think it was like 3-1 or... Something yeah, like that. I don't know. I don't know why. I kind of, and I also think West Ham, they just they just played really well. I think Ben Rama, like slots in where that Lingard was playing before, and I, I love Ben Rama too, man. Uh, he almost came to Chelsea like two years ago, and I wasn't against it, which is rare for any Championship player. Uh, so I've been a big fan of his, but yeah, I'm going to say one one, man. That, that I, I don't trust Leicester enough right now. They don't play. I want to. I want to see. I want to see Leicester play some really good teams like West Ham. Let me see how they play. I want to see if they can like dominate a team like West Ham and and win re- relatively comfortably. Yeah, I think Wolves are a trash team right now. So ha- we'll see. Leicester beat Manchester City last week. What? They, in the, they beat in, them in, in the uh, or the week before. Sorry, the whatever. Community Shield. They whatever. Beat them one nil. Come on, man. Give them- They've won multiple trophies uh, in 2021. No respect to Leicester. What, yeah, what do I'll Leicester have Le- to do? I'll to give Leicester respect? their respect. They they have my respect. They have my respect. I said they're probably going to finish above Arsenal now because of their Vestergaard signing. Oh, how the turntables! <laughs> All right. Well, how do the you have tables any, uh, have fantasy turned? input for this week? You, you just you, do. You, do you care about fantasy this week? You're you looking at anything for fantasy Premier League, which, by the way, you can still join the Ghost Cole Podcast Fan League. I don't know. I mean, there's a there's a few good players on loan, like Chelsea players, uh, like Gahey at Palace, who's no, four point no, no. five mil. S- stay away from that one for a bit. Wait for Palace to try and like figure their shit out a bit, and then maybe go for a couple Palace players. Bill, Billy Gilmore on Norwich, four point five mil midfielder. It's another decent one. And then, uh, like, Ben Rama. That's the other one. I mean, he got a goal last week. It was a great goal. He, he was involved in all of the buildup. I think he's only 6 mil in the midfield. I'm definitely thinking of picking him up right now. But he seems to be a player that, just like I said, he's taken up that Lingard role. And for 6 mil, if he plays anywhere close to what Jesse Lingard... And I think he has the talent, and he's better than Jesse Lingard. So I think if he gets into this team and, and gets on a roll... You know, he was banging in goals and assists in the championship two seasons ago. Or not even a season ago, but he just joined midway through the season. So I kinda think this is gonna be Ben Rama's coming out. He joined year. At the be- the beginning of last season. Okay. He just never yeah. didn't really get into the team, so <clears throat> Yeah. The the one I actually am thinking about bringing in that I think pretty much everyone will be on pretty soon is uh, Joe Willick, who just left you guys to go to Newcastle permanently. Uh, I mean you you can say West Ham looked good. I thought Newcastle looked very good with their their full team out. So adding Joe Willock, like a goal scoring thrust for midfield to a team that you know looks like they're playing like they looks like they could be playing pretty well soon with San Maximan and Callum Wilson both healthy. That could be a, that could be a pretty impressive uh, you know mid option for fantasy. So I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on him. Uh, they'll they'll be going up to or down to Aston Villa. This weekend to to play Villa. Oh, also, also Mason Greenwood. He's he's seven point five mil. Yeah, I think Mid- midfielder. Him. <laughs> he's that's one. That's another one that may be a good option for people. All right. Well, let's wrap things up there, Javier. Thanks for jumping on with me. What was your Arsenal prediction again? You say one uh, nil Chelsea. Two one Chelsea. Two one Chelsea. Okay. But if Arsenal Plus- wins somehow, it's going to be one nil. 
Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to stick with two one Chelsea. Actually, two nil Chelsea. I think I said, said two nil Chelsea this weekend. So we're looking forward to that one. If we do lose Javier, just know it doesn't mean anything. It means nothing to you or to us. You know, it's just. But you're going to shit on us if you win. No, you know, I, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't so shit it on means Crystal nothing Palace. If you and, lose. And they're like they're like a mid to low table team. I didn't shit on them. You know, it's you know, if we beat Arsenal, it's expected, and you know we'll move on to the the Liverpool away game next weekend. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get the one half dig in before we go. Uh, very excited for that Arsenal Chelsea game this weekend. Like I mean, I it's said, true. Plenty, so, yeah, plenty of other uh, good games this weekend in the Premier League. Thank you guys for listening to the Ghost Goal Podcast. You can follow Javier on Twitter at JavierRev9. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at asmoss92. And you can follow the podcast socials at Ghost Goal Pod. We're going to be looking into doing uh, maybe some Instagram lives uh, kind of soon after the big results, maybe after Arsenal Chelsea. So, uh, you know, follow that Ghost Goal Pod Instagram page or my ASMOS92 Instagram page uh, to look out for those after the game on Sunday. Enjoy the Premier League again this weekend. And until next time, see you.